Hey, 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 what's up, fam? It's Tuesdays with Tawana. Yeah, Tawana is in the building, aka Rev T, here building community one Facebook Live, one podcast, one YouTube channel, all of that to build community and to bring us together during these very trying times that we are um, not unfamiliar with, unfortunately. Um, This has been something that the Black diaspora in one way, shape, or form has been dealing with for quite some time. And today, I am just in my feelings. That's all I could call it today. I got a whole lot to say and a whole lot of nothing. Um, So... Hey, Tony. What's up, beloved? Good to see you. Hey, Tammy in the building. Yes, yes, yes. Soon to be Reverend Doctor. Amen. I receive that in all of its divinity. Yes, yes, yes. Trying times for sure, for sure. Listen, um, I invite you to, to comment um, and we will bring those comments into the space into the conversation into the dialogue if you want to sit back and just receive that is fine if you watch this later via a podcast just know that i'm shouting people out and naming names because we record the podcast simultaneously with the facebook live to encourage community hey mother carolyn Good to see you as always. Thank y'all for rocking with me on today. I truly, truly appreciate it. Um, Let me just set up. I didn't get that. Could you try again? Yeah, Siri, I am not talking to you. Um, Let me just set up my um, Facebook page so that... um, To make sure that we are on and popping... And yeah, let's let's have at it. So today, um, we we are talking about feelings and not just being in my feelings. It's called in my feelings, but it's being in our feelings. Um, so we'll we'll start off with just taking a couple of deep breaths wherever you are. Just kind of feeling the the atmosphere, feeling our bodies, what's going on in our bodies on this Tuesday. Hey, Brother Donald, good to see you. Good afternoon, baby. Hey, Mama Lovey, good afternoon from the mile high. Yes, let us take a few deep breaths. There's a lot going on around this country. There are power outages because of the weather. So we lift up those and their safety. We lift up the unhoused in our communities because we have sub below uh, temperatures in parts of the the country, not here um, where I am, thank goodness, but, and I'm grateful and lifting up everyone else who is who are in those areas that this is the norm for them and unfortunately unhoused people live there as well hey my brother larry i'm so glad you could join today miss you so much brother 
Um, Jules, thank you for coming on. Good to see you. Um, just found out that my, oh, your 99-year-old uncle has passed. So in my feelings, yeah, yeah. And it's, thank you for saying that. What's up, Pastor Mike? Thank you for saying that, Jules, because a part of this conversation of being in our feelings is that it is okay. We, we want you to feel what you feel, which is why I ask for us to just take a few deep breaths and to try to center in this moment. Um, we know things are going on after this moment, or you may be dealing with stuff that happened before this moment. But right now, where you are breathing, engaging in this broadcast, taking in what's happening in your heart and in your womb or your gut or your soul, um, feeling the, the atmosphere, the energy that is around you. Uh, Tammy says, um, I'm so sorry for your loss to, to Jules. Thank you so much. Let's, yes, cov let's cover Jules and, and hold her in this space because it is very difficult um, to lose someone, period, on this side. But in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of go the things that are going on, it doesn't seem as if things are normal, right? It's, it's just creating ways to still show love through grief, because we've talked about this in the past, where love is a form where grief is a form of love and how do you show love when we're used to at least from the the black diaspora and and oftentimes here in other cultures as well we gather together as family we break bread we pray together we sing together and we celebrate life and how how are we able to do that in the midst of a pandemic so right now allowing your feelings to be there without trying to figure all of this out and then availing yourself, lamenting and pouring out so that you can receive ways to make the best of this horrible situation, this painful situation, this grievous situation. Um, let me see who else has joined us. Oh, Tanisha, prayers and comfort for, for your family, Jules. Um, Andra, am I? Because I'm sitting, my glasses, I got to keep because the reading is on the bottom and the far is on the top. So I'm so glad you could join today. Yes, miss seeing you, miss seeing your face, miss seeing your name pop up in the messages. So right now we're taking a moment to be. We, we don't, we, I don't have a lot of opportunity to do that. And if you don't, I'm inviting you into this sacred space um, to just be, to feel, not intellectually, not thinking about what's going to happen, what we're going to do, but really feeling from your heart and your soul what's going on in your world and being able to acknowledge that because um, so, and I can't remember, chemo fog is real, but someone shared with me a quote from, um, what is her name? Deb Atney, who is the mother of Waka Flocka. But I don't watch that. God bless you if you do have fun. Sometimes you just need to watch television, television shows like that that give you pure entertainment. 
I'm a PhD student. I don't have time for that, but be very clear. I will be watching some reality TV after July just to turn my brain off. But anyway, she said something about um, her, her past and how she may not be proud of everything that she has done or the choices that she has made, but she is no longer ashamed. So right now, as we reconcile what's happening with our heart and our soul is being graceful, is being forgiving of ourselves, loving ourselves unconditionally, taking those things that we have done in the past, like having a Sankofa moment. You know, the Sankofa communicator is a West African communicator with the bird flying forward head facing backward with an egg in its mouth and the egg represents life the egg represents what we are taking from our past to bring forth to feed us in the present so that we can see ourselves in the future so right now as we're feeling what we're feeling and going through let us not forget that we do have ancestors and those that have come before us and in our lineage that have um that have triumphed, that have become victorious, that were victorious in these similar moments. And it's it's so helpful, not that misery loves company, but it's good to be in community with someone that can affirm where I am and not dismiss me or make me feel shameful for where I am because no one else should be given the power to define you and define where you are and how you are feeling. We quote Audre Lord often in this space about defining ourselves for ourselves and not letting other people define us because then guess what? We are crunched into their fantasies and eaten alive. So we have to define who we are and that shame is kind of like a covering. You know, I'm not proud of the decisions that I made um, in the past and I will no longer be ashamed of being a domestic violence survivor or ashamed of being a breast cancer survivor and losing my my breast and losing my 100% health. I will no longer be ashamed of, of... and I don't even know if I ever, no, I was, let me name it, when I was younger and awareness and consciousness wasn't up here yet or reconciled with the divine and with community, I was ashamed of living where I lived when I was exposed to other people living in houses and, you know, money and all of this materialism and I was stuck in that world. But now my level of consciousness is raised. And now I realize that no, and sometimes I am proud. I am proud of where I grew up. I may not be proud of some of the decisions that I made where I grew up, but at the same time, I am proud looking at that egg right in my mouth as I'm flying forward. Although I was a teen mom, I still finished high school, went to St. John's University, took care of my mom when she was ill, went back to school at State University of New York, Empire State to get my undergrad degree, worked in a corporate office. Um, you know, the, And those things just added value to me because of the resilience of my ancestors, because of their strength and their divine prowess. So we no longer have to sit in shame and we uncover that so we can face it to fix it. And we face it to fix it in community, because if we stay wrapped up in here, we we don't have all the answers. We don't have um, the immediate 
um, knowledge of what to do and somebody else may have that knowledge that we don't have and if we share it then we have this reciprocal dialogical conversation that helps us to realize who we are who we be our divine power and how we can make decisions based on what has happened in the past that we are bringing forward to give us life to give us strength to give us peace to give us hope to give us joy even in the midst of a pandemic of the coronavirus where black and brown people are still not receiving the vaccines at the level that white people are receiving it. We're in the midst of this racial reckoning where we have people now, white supremacy, um, QAnon, um, uh, insurgents, um, you know, killing folk, running while black, driving while black, sleeping while black, hanging out in your grandmother's backyard by black while black, playing in the park by yourself while black, drive, I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, so we're in the midst of all this stuff and we still have to live and acknowledge what's going on in our feelings so that we are not stressed. Cause stress then breeds dis-ease. Right. So we 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 acknowledge those feelings to acknowledge who we are and our humanity that is often dehumanized in oppressive systems. Right. So let's see. Let's see. We got a lot of comments here that I want to insert into the narrative. Mother Carolyn. Yes. For self-forgiveness and removal of shame from our past decisions. Ashe. Uh, thank you, my beautiful sister. Needed this today. Valerie, I love you so much. You are just a beautiful spirit in my world. I'm so grateful. Mother Carolyn uh, reiterated, I am not my past decisions. They have taught me life lessons that have given me compassion, grace, and understanding for those making the same decisions. Absolutely. And Julie, Valerie, Julie is... um. I mean, Julie, Valerie is giving you and showing you some love and sending you some warm sentiments as well. Um, Larry says, it's okay to feel the feels. Yes, it's okay to feel the feels. Be all up in your feelings. Don't let anyone tell you that you shouldn't feel this way. Like when, you know, growing up, I've, I've always heard um, boys and young men be told, you know, don't cry or don't feel this way or telling a woman because of this strong black woman trope that's killing us, put your big girl panties on and don't respond this way or nah, not today. <laughs> not today because I want to live and I don't want to die at the hands of oppression and marginalization and dehumanization and um, impoverished communities by design and babies locked up in cages who are dying and those in mass incarceration who are not treated as human beings and those who are unhoused who are being ignored where the vacancy rate I know in Denver could house all of those unhoused people right now but because of this and because of capitalism we'd rather leave these human beings on the street so yes I'm all in my feelings today all in my feelings. I'm all in my feelings. I am healing from breast cancer. I'm healing from metastatic breast cancer. And what's frustrating to me is when I read some of the experts from some of these um, 
foundations and organizations, when they talk about metastatic breast cancer, they only talk about cancer that metastasizes in other organs of the body. So say your your lungs or your liver or, you know, but they don't talk about two, there's two dimensions to metastatic breast cancer. And one is the local metastases, which is what I'm dealing with, because it did move outside of the breast area into what they call this auxiliary area, which some doctors don't consider um, metastases, but yet I'm in treatment. So help me to understand why am I in treatment every three weeks indefinitely if it didn't metastasize. So we, we got to push back and talk about these medical decisions that are being made because they're only making decisions based on studies that they know about. So if you tell a bunch of black women that meta- metastatic breast cancer only exists if it spreads to some of your organs, they may be misdiagnosed and then dying at the hands of, of ignorance or the refusal to look beyond just what you see and listening to these stories that are truth-telling, that are experiences that may encourage you to do some more research about what metastatic cancer, breast cancer looks like. And so talking with my doctor at, at Johns Hopkins, she was very open and very honest and said, you know, explain to me about the two um, phases of metastases or the two components of um, metastatic breast cancer. And I have one of them. Thank you, God. It has not spread anywhere else. And I just had a PET scan and I have not revealed. Um, usually I put this post, you know, me and Ned um, or Ned and I are still together. Um, but I have scar tissue from my surgery that they have to do further testing on. It didn't come up as cancerous on the, the PET scan. So let me thank God for that. Um, but scar tissue can be damaging as well and cause further physical damage. I do go through some like muscle spasms and some pain on my left side that I have to be mindful of. So they're going to do some further testing. And that's advocating for myself because I told them something's not right. So they looked more into it, ordered the PET scan. It wasn't cancerous, but there is some scar tissue that is wasn't there during the last PET scan almost six months ago. So now they're going to do an MRI and then if they need to do a biopsy or do another PET scan in three months to see if it has grown. So this is what if I wasn't in my feelings, if I wasn't paying attention to my pain, that does not lead to suffering because pain is inevitable and suffering is optional and advocating for myself. Who knows what that would have turned into? So we must be in our feelings and acknowledge our feelings. But I also want to add this caveat as well. When we stay in our feelings, it can be problematic if we don't search for the help and support that we need to work through our feelings, not telling you to get over it. Oh, it happened a long time ago. You should be beyond that by now. No. That that is not the case. We need the help to work through it because healing is a process. It's not easy, but it is a process that we can get to the other side of saying and proclaiming, say, I am healed. I am healed. That is a powerful statement to say after all that we have experienced globally, 
nationally, communally, individually. I am healed despite what is going on around me, despite the illness that is ravaging my body, despite ill relationships, despite someone hurting you, despite a broken heart or in spite of or in the midst of all of that, there is a place and a direction and a path that we go toward healing. And another thing, that path is going to look different. There is no right or wrong. There is a path that is always going to lead to the healed. There is a path that can lead to the supreme being that you believe in, believing in God and Allah. There is a path and my path may be this way. Someone else's path may be this way, but it's all leading to that same powerful divine moment. As you can see, I have on my black and divine shirt today because the divine in me the spirit in me, the God in me, the dignity in me sees that same thing in you. And if I can travel this daunting road, this harrowing road, this road that has been filled with the unknown, but be in the moment and feel what I feel and say what I say and affirm who I am and affirm where I am being, then I can move forward through this process of healing. But we got to acknowledge it. And it's okay to be in our feelings. It's okay to call a friend and cry or laugh or be joyous. Not everything is heinous and daunting, but there is a lot going on that we have to acknowledge, particularly in the black diaspora, particularly in the BIPOC community, particularly in those who are comrades in our lives that are like, what am I going to do with my people? <laughs> Bum rushing the Capitol with Trump flags. What's a Trump flag? Oh, I can't believe I said his name. I think I feel sick. Throw up in my mouth a little. Number 45, a flag. And what happened to Blue Lives Matter? All of a sudden, Blue Lives don't matter anymore either. So when we're so afraid of losing this 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 power that really doesn't exist, then we default to these heinous measures to hold on to something that was created by human beings that are that's a false narrative. This is why we decolonize. This is why we disrupt. This is why we have to dismantle because it is hurting us and killing us mind, body and spirit if we let it. If we ignore our feelings, if we don't come together and allow healing to happen in community, if we don't come together in a community to fight the ills that are going on. I saw a post the other day um that said oh and this black and divine shirt is a part of my collection on teespring um i will post the um link after this broadcast feel free to continue to buy t-shirts because i still have tuition to, to pay the praise report is i only have 300 dollars left for this semester hallelujah thank you community thank you for all the people that have brought me in to speak or uh to do uh, the d domestic violence uh, four-part series that has been released. I will put that um, 
in the in the comments as well. It's a part of the Healing the Healers series part two through Odyssey Impact and through Transform Films and churches. Um, I'm sorry, faith institutions and community institutions can purchase it and they can have um, talks and conversations around what can faith leaders do, in the, especially in the midst of the pandemic where we are dealing with domestic violence, hence the purple today, to bring awareness again to domestic violence that doesn't only happen in October. So I will be sure to share that information. I did post it on my page, but because of Facebook algorithms, things get lost. So I will post it again today. And I will post it in the link so that if you do have a faith-based organization that is willing to do a series, and then we are going to talk about myself and healing the healers and the producers, we are going to talk about how to get the word out and how to engage with institutions that may need additional help, like somebody coming in to facilitate a conversation. Because you want to be careful. We want to be careful about facilitators because not everybody is a subject matter expert in domestic violence. And how do I know this? Because I listen to stories of people that have been told, you know, be um, submissive to your spouse or what did you do to cause this abuse to happen or saying all of those things that are not that are not life giving that are not affirming that are not protective and and people are losing their lives because of of ill comments and ill opinions that are not well informed we must make informed decisions before we make decisions that can risk someone else's life, which is another reason why we got to be in our feelings because our heart and our soul speak volumes. They speak volumes. They kind of let us know what's going on beyond what we see. This is where faith comes in, right? You know, looking beyond what you see, having that hope, Daring to hope. Uh, St. Augustine, you know, hope has two beautiful daughters, anger and courage. Anger at the way things are, that's a feeling. And the courage to make sure that they don't stay that way. So in order to have that courage, we got to look beyond to that healed moment. We got to look beyond to that deliverance. We got to look beyond to and toward that liberation um, and not necessarily focus just on what we see. And it's not easy. It may flow easy from from my lips, but there are times when. Um, you know, I think of other people who lost loved ones um, due to the coronavirus, has fought through so many adverse situations in their lives and then lost their lives um, due to the coronavirus. Um, that breaks my heart. And where's the joy in that? And how do I as a pastoral care person or as a friend or a sister or a beloved speak life to that? So the best thing that I can do um, is just be there with a ministry of presence and affirmation. I may not have the words to say. I, I Sometimes I don't know what to say to someone who is journeying through surviving cancer that looks different than me because they can't do what, what I'm doing right now. They may not even be able to dress themselves or talk for a half an hour or stay awake long enough or be without pain long enough. So what do I say and do when someone or something 
someone is experiencing something different, the ministry of presence, just affirming and showing love to that person, helping them to explore the joy of what they can do and not focusing on what they can't do, but not belittling their feelings or degrading their feelings, but honoring and acknowledging their feelings and meeting them where they are and telling them that I love you anyway. Whatever you need, I got you. And if I don't have it, I'll reach out to community to get it. You need someone to sit with you. You need someone to bring you meals. You need someone to call and check on you every day because not everybody lives with family. Not everybody has family that's supportive. Not everybody has family that um, is, is affirming during this cancer journey. They're mad at someone because they're taking chemo or because they don't want to take chemo or because they're doing a, a clinical trial. And so they may not have family members. So the ministry of presence and having that dialogue of meeting people People where they are and just doing some deep active listening can be one of the most powerful things that you can do while someone is in their feelings so that their feelings don't overcome their opportunity to heal. So take a deep breath. Take a deep breath and know that someone is going through something and sometimes you are the closest thing to them that they can take it out on. And it hurts. And because we are called to love with unconditional positive regard does not mean that I have to um, make myself available to the abuse or the hurt. But it does mean that in, in my world, I, I need to find the healing that is not contingent upon someone else so that when that person or persons or situation or circumstance, when they are ready for forgiveness and when they're asking for forgiveness and when they are apologetic, I am in a space to receive it. Now, what that relationship looks like is going to look different each time. I tell this, I, this story often. I don't ever have to hear my abuser say, I'm sorry. Never, ever. But I had to forgive him for me. And it took years, years of uh, domestic violence uh, groups and therapy and pastoral care all at the same time to get to a point where I was able to give, to forgive for me. And I don't ever have to tell him that. I don't ever have to see his face. I don't ever have to do that. So um, I am so grateful that... Um, I am so grateful that we learn these different things in community. So with that, um, as we take a deep breath and love the divine in us, the black diaspora and divine, and we just stay in our feelings and we be in our feelings for a moment um, and honoring who we are and who we be and how we show up in this world and not comparing ourselves to how other people are living or how they are surviving or how, you know, 
this person has hair, this person doesn't, this person has breasts, this person doesn't, this person survived through domestic violence, this person didn't. Let us be in the moment and see what we can do um, in showing up and how we want to show up in the world and show up in community, most importantly, so we can come together and show up in the world as the beautiful, divine human beings that we are. I honor you. I honor your feelings. I honor you being in your feelings right now. I pray for safety. I pray that you will take care of yourself, be safe and be well. Um, I pray that you are covered and that the, the coronavirus numbers will continue to decrease. I pray that those who want to take the vaccine, um, especially in our BIPOC community, are eligible and it will be available. I am immune compromised. I have not received my vaccine yet. There is none available in this area. So these are the things that I have to contend with and keep calling and keep questioning. So anyway, I love you. I honor you. I see you, I hear you, and I pray that this word today will help you um, as you are in your feelings. Don't forget this is Health Heart Month as well. Um, we, we cannot forget that. Yes, we went through Black Love Day and Galentine's Day and Valentine's Day and all that other stuff. But let us not forget it's Health Heart Awareness Month. Um, and, and people are dealing with that in the midst of the coronavirus. So we send love to them from our hearts to theirs. So those who, you know, need healing through a transplant or medication or whatever um, it might take for them to heal, family and community, let us reach out to our beloveds um, and do that. We pray for those who are grieving. We, we're holding space for you. Um, yeah, thank you for joining. Share this video publicly or privately. It's not about numbers, it's not about likes. It's really about what um, it's really about being there for someone and giving them an encouraging word. So if you know of someone that needs an encouraging word, please share this video. And um, I would be so grateful because I love being a part of this community and sharing this community, sharing this video only builds community even further. So much love to you. Um, take care of you. And I will see you next Tuesday. And I'll keep you updated on my dissertation proposal. I talked to my uh, dissertation chair on Thursday. So y'all send me some love and some prayers that it will be accepted. It'll go to committee and then I'll have the hearing and then I can start my research because I am determined to finish in July and inviting all of you to the virtual graduation. Ashe, all right, much love to you. This is Tawana, your host and curator for Tuesdays with Tawana, and I'm out. Peace.